You know, Christmas is a unique time for a preacher because I'm not going to tell you something you haven't heard before. You know we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, right? Did you expect that? Um, but Christmas at the same time is the richest story I can think of. So many themes, so many focuses. And today, I, I, I just want to start with uh, telling you that the, the theme is this. When Jesus was born, the angel said, I mean, the, the, Matthew records that he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Have you ever been sort of melancholy or anxious or fearful or wounded, confused, just sad, and you, you just needed to be with someone who liked you, maybe someone who loved you. You didn't need them to fix you. You didn't need any advice or great wisdom. You didn't, you didn't need their insight. You, you just, in that moment, you, you just needed to be with someone. You know, this week I had one of those moments. I don't know how she knows, but my, my, my awesome wife comes walking into my office and she says to me, how you doing? I said, I, I don't know. What's wrong? I'm just feeling confused, overwhelmed. I'm, it's, it's not really anything. It's just, I got to go do this errand. She says, would you like me to come with you? I said, yeah, I'd actually love that. Yeah, you, will you come with me? Yeah. Do you know what? Her coming with me helped to reshape the interior of my thoughts and emotions and my perspective. We were created to need connection. We need to be with people. You know, they even say, studies are, are, have been done that say that even having a dog or a, a pet is, is very therapeutic and very helpful because there's a connection somehow, even with the dog. Actually, a dog may be a whole lot easier than people. Because the dog is always happy to see you. You know what I'm saying? Um, you never lose an argument with the dog. Uh, you don't have to, you know, have a whole lot of emotional energy flowing to the dog. They just like want to be there. They want to eat. They want to bark a little bit. I mean, dogs are awesome, right? <laughs> I don't have a dog. Anyway. <laughs> but it provides that connection. Actually, when Jesus came and he, he fulfilled the mission of dying on a cross and rising from the grave, he said, I'm going to build my church. You know what church means? It means an assembly of people. And I'm going to do good works when you all assemble together. 
And then you read through the New Testament and there's so many instructions. You should love one another, accept one another. You should honor one another. I mean, the one another's are just full. They're all out in the epistles. Why? Because you and I were designed for connection. So it's so significant that when we read in Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18, it goes like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. One single sentence full of complexities, emotions, confusion, and all kinds of things. See, they were betrothed. It was kind of, it was like an engagement on steroids. The commitment was there, but they didn't stay together. They weren't living together. And then all of a sudden, she is found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. I mean, obviously, it was Mary that found that she was with child. And now, she has to go and tell Joseph, um, you know, Joseph, I, I know that you and I are betrothed, and I, I got to tell you something. Okay, what is it? And look, I'm, I'm expecting a baby. What? If anyone knew that Jesus was virgin born, it was Mary and it was Joseph who would have said, well, that ain't my baby. And I know how all this stuff works. And then she has the audacity to say, the baby that I'm carrying is actually... I'm, from the Holy Spirit. Oh, great. Let's see how mad we can make God. And Joseph, you know what I love about this passage is Joseph loved her so much. This is why this hurt so much for him. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, because there was a protocol. You're betrothed. The woman is unfaithful. She's expecting a child. So you, you, you go through the process, and you declare what happened, and everything can be done away with. And But Joseph, when he thought about it, he thought, well, if I, if I go through that process in a public way, it will destroy her forever, and I don't want that to happen. I'm deeply wounded. Don't know if I'll ever get over this, but he, he, he was not going to make her a public example, but he was minded to put her away secretly. This is bad enough. Let's make it as least bad as possible. Don't, don't you just like fall in love with Joseph? What a good man. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then now this is Matthew, the angel's not being quoted anymore. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the, the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him 
his, his wife. And he did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. What I want to just point out, and the theme of the message is this single thought. His title is Emmanuel because God wants to be with us. You know, honestly, if I, if I were God, what amazes me so much is sometimes I'm so disgusted with myself, I don't even want to be with me. When God looks down at the composite dysfunction of this world, and he looks at all the sin and the ugliness, and I, I don't even want to go into detail because you already know it. And we all contribute to the brokenness of relationships. And, and, and so what has God decided? Now they get what they deserve. I'm out. No, no, no. He says, I'm on a mission. And my son will be Emmanuel, God with us. The story of the Bible, God wants to be with us, that's point number one. The story of the Bible is the story of a God who desires to be with us. I mean, Adam and Eve were, were, were created and they lived in the paradise of perfection and God came, according to Genesis, and he would, he would spend time with Adam and Eve. He would come in the cool of the night and they would spend, they, there was communion, there was fellowship, there was connectedness. And then one day the serpent came and said, you know what, actually, there's a better existence, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be done with God. Uh, you're gonna eat this fruit and, and, and you won't really die. Actually, God's holding out on you. And so what did Adam and Eve choose to do? They chose to eat the fruit. They decided to take the bait. You know what the serpent was trying to do? He was trying to separate them from the God who was the source of their life and goodness and all things right. And they betrayed God. And he was lying. But immediately, God put into, put into action the plan he had already developed before creation began. And he said to the woman as he's dealing with the fallout, you know, one day the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent will bite the seed of the woman. What he was doing there, he was predicting that one day a virgin, the seed of the woman, would give birth to a son who would save everyone from their sin. Because God wasn't content to not be with us. He would pay the price to get us back. The Bible is the story not so much of people trying to be with God, but the story of God who wants to be with us. And there are characters in the Bible in which God, you know, kind of records to us that throughout time, there are people that as, as he sought after them, as he, 
as he made himself known to them, that they responded and they, they wanted to be with God too. There was a man by the name of Enoch early on in the Bible. The, he didn't die in the list of people who lived and had children and grew this old and died. Enoch was the one that didn't die. And it actually says that Enoch was not because God took him. And Enoch walked with God. And, and the relationship between Enoch and God was so strong. I don't understand this. It doesn't fit into any of my theological boxes, honestly. How does Enoch get a pass on death? And what, what is the grand plan of, I don't know. You, you, you can ask smarter people than me. Um, Enoch walked with God. So early on in the Bible, I see that it's possible that a man could live with God. In Hebrews, it says that Enoch pleased God. And how does a man please God? Without faith, you can't please God. For you must believe that he is, this is according to Hebrews chapter 11, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so the people that respond to God and they believe that God really is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So following God, living with God, living life with God is is the life of greatest reward. I'm convinced of that with all my heart. It's a worthwhile effort. After Enoch, there was a man named Noah where the whole world was, man, it was going crazy. But how, somehow Noah responded to God, and Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And God told Noah, I'm going to rescue the human race that has to be judged through you and your family. Build a boat. And he does. And then there was a man by the name of Abram. Once again, nobody wants to hear what God has to say. A few people did. But Ab- Abram did. And, 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 and God says to Abram, uh, if, uh, I want to pick you and I'm going to make out of you a great nation. And, and I'm going to pour out my blessings on you and your, your people to the point where maybe the world will say there is a God because look at what's going on in their lives. The way they live is so different because they walk with God. I mean, that was the plan. Actually, um, Abraham agreed and the story doesn't develop like maybe I would have wanted it to because there was so much fallenness and brokenness in the world. And, but through Abraham, he set up the stage for Jesus to be born. Jacob, one of the descendants of Abraham, an interesting guy, not a great guy actually, You know what his name means? It means deceiver. He stole his brother's birthright by dressing up with goat skin so that he would be hairy like his brother Esau. He wore his brother's clothes so he would smell like his brother. I never wanted to smell like my brother. Anyway, my brother smells fine. But when we were younger, he worked at a gas station and he would wear the same clothes day after day. He would hang them at the end of the bed and our whole room smelled like a gas station. So anyway, he's overcome that. Um, <laughs> Jacob, after deceiving his own family, is ru- he's on the run. He's at his worst. And then Genesis twenty-eight fifteen, behold, God comes to to Jacob and says, behold, I am with you. 
you renegade, conniving, deceiver, brother. I'm with you. And will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have, what I have spoken to you. And then there was Joseph, sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt, who never left the presence of God and continued to operate in his life as if God was there and that those who seek him would be rewarded. And that's the, that was Joseph's life. And, and then there was Moses. Moses heard God talking out of a burning bush and he responded. David was a shepherd boy out in the pasture, forgotten, the young son of Jesse. But David there, he was with God. And then he writes this incredible psalm that is probably one of the favorite psalms of all, Psalm 23, where he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he begins to write how that it's possible to live your life and to live your life with God because God wants to be with us us. Even death can't separate us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And he concludes, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because God wants to be with us. Psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Creation itself is a constant witness to a God who wants to be with us. Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down, my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. And God, once again, when you woke up this morning and the thoughts that came to you about what troubles you, what scares you, your hopes, your dreams, he was with you. Like, I don't know what everybody's dealing with in this room today. I know that we're all dealing with different things. He knows. Because he wants to be with you. Acts 17 is one of my favorites where it talks, this is Paul talking to all of the great philosophers and religious leaders of the day in Athens, and this is what he has to say. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives all life, breath, and all things. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined and pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. So why? So that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And also some of your own prophets have said, for we are also his offspring. What's going on here? This is a God who wants to be with us.
Christmas, this passage reminds us that the whole effort of God was to be with us. You know, the coming of Jesus is um, predicted through many prophecies over hundreds and hundreds of years. A son of Abraham, line of David. He, I mean, I don't have time to go through all of them. There are probably 300 of the messianic prophecies. And, and the thing about it is, when I'm working on a project, you know what I'm saying? I want to get it done. You know, one of my favorite shows to watch are the home remodeling shows. Because they're all done in 30 minutes. But that's not how life works. And when you're God eternal... You don't get in a hurry. God painted the picture of the coming of his son with all of the details and intricacies over hundreds of years, including the prophecy that we read about, the virgin will will conceive and bear a child. Um, And there has only been one individual who has ever lived in all of human history since before Jesus and after Jesus that met all of the characteristics of the predicted coming of the Son of God. His name is Jesus. You know, I'm really so blessed to have this really cool, fancy computer. And this computer will open up every time I touch my fingerprint to the pad. You can't open it. But my fingerprint opens it. Only one person matched the description of the Messiah. His name was Jesus. And why did he come? His role was to be Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with you. He knows you. Second thing, you know, the great thing about God is that um, God sent Jesus And part of the plan was that he would have to go to the cross and he would have to bear in his body the sin of all mankind throughout all time. And he would shed his blood and he would actually die in payment. He was the lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And Jesus, even to this day, in his resurrected body, still bears the scars of the the nails that went through his hand even the wound in his side when he was pierced. So here we have Jesus, the the second person of the Trinity who wears scars. And these are evidence of his great love and fulfillment of all things necessary for our redemption because he has come to be with us.
You know, the other day I um I got hurt. I would thought I would hear an awe. Nope, nobody said it. We had all of our residents over for dinner, and and although I have limited culinary skills, I was assigned to to cook the ground beef. That was my job. You know what that means? Cindy had it already in the pans, and she had the spatula, and she told me, just kind of stir it and make sure it doesn't burn. This is, this is my level. Okay? I ain't doing no cooking show, that's for sure. So she says, Eddie, would you, I got to go take care of something on the porch. Would you, would you, because the porch has to be decorated when the guests come. I'm just saying. Here I'm lobbying. Do we really have to put garland and lights up outside? Of course we do. So we did. Actually, she did. And um, so I'm, I'm cooking. Then she calls me to the porch because our neighbor was walking by and needed to talk to, to me. Um, it's such a cool thing. I, I, get to, I get to actually pray with a lot of my neighbors because they know I'm the pastor. This is how they say as I'm, I do my little jog. And they're like, hey, are you the are you like the pastor guy that lives over here? Yeah, I am. I'm, that's me. I'm Eddie. Yeah. But you know what's so beautiful is they'll say, hey, really, would you pray for my son? Yeah, I'd love to pray for your son. Hey, we need a job. Could you, could you pray for it's, it's It's such a precious gift. Well, this lady's sister had been in a hospital in San Diego, and she said she, she wanted to talk to me. She says, you know, I, I don't even know what all's going on. She's been in ICU. She's had several surgeries. I don't even know how she is. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'd, I'd be willing to pray with you. Yeah, please. Will you please? So we pray. At this time, at this point, I'm lost in pastor mode. I don't remember. I'm also Eddie the cook. I don't remember that at all. Thankfully, my, my wife knows me so well. She had already gone back into the kitchen. She was taking care of the burning beef. Okay. After I said amen, it dawns on me. I got to get back in there. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to destroy dinner. They're coming. So I run up the driveway in between the vehicles to the stairs that lead to the kitchen and I'm going full force because I'm in trouble. And I clip my shoe at the bottom of the stairs, and I go down harder than I've gone down in a long time. My leg was, sw- this leg, I, so you all can have sympathy for me. Um, this leg was swollen like double the size. I still have this knot on my leg. I went to the doctor You know what the doctor said? Man, you really hurt that bad. He says, uh, unfortunately, there's not really anything we can do. It's just going to hurt for about six weeks. Well, thanks, doc. That's really good. My brother came over. My brother is not known for his mercy. Especially brother, brother thing. 
I said, man, Greg, look at this, how swollen my leg is, and how I fell down, and, you know, there's no awe coming from my brother, I promise, never has been. He, he's a great guy, he can manage a lot of organizations, and he can, he can give you a life plan in a minute, but he doesn't have a whole lot of sympathy for your wound, and, and so he says to me, Eddie, what are you doing running as old as you are? But you know Jesus? When you tell him about your wounds, he's going to say, I get it. You see, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisements of our peace was upon him. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Do you see that again? God with us? Bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Because God wants to be with you. Lastly, the one thing I, I love about the way Jesus taught was he says, you know, I, God wants to be with you, but I want to I tell you that the level of being with you he's really feeling, it is he wants to be with you like family. You know, it's Christmas. Um, you know what I want for Christmas? I want all my family to be here. And guess what? Uh, on the 26th, they're going to all come. My California kids, that's what I call them. Tiffany's coming. Robert and Kyla are coming. And Eleanor is coming. Eleanor is my granddaughter. She's two years old. We have this wonderful FaceTime relationship. It kind of goes like this. My son calls, hey, Dad, how you doing? Hey, you want to see Eleanor? I said, of course I want to see Eleanor. Here. So he puts Eleanor. I say, hey, Eleanor, how are you, darling? I love you. And I blow her a kiss. And Eleanor is two years old, and she's spunky and a little bit feisty. And so you know what she does? She goes, I said, did you just wipe off that kiss? And she smirks. Well, I'm going to kiss you again. And I give her another kiss. And you know what she does? She wipes it off. I'm going to go this side so you don't have to hear the pop. Oh, you just wiped off your kiss. I don't care. I love you anyway. I'm going to kiss you again. And the other day after this little play that we did, she did something she'd never done before. She grabbed the phone out of her daddy's hand and she kissed it. Yeah, we want that little girl to come here. Robert says, hey, dad, you know what? She's over two years old now. That means I got to buy her a seat. I says, hey, listen, grandpa will buy her seat. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. I want it to be as easy as possible for you guys to come see me. And he told Eleanor, hey, Eleanor, do you know grandpa bought your ticket? Oh. She, she, and she, and she, she says, uh, um, Papa, uh, I go high in the sky. Yeah, you will. You know, when Jesus talked about the Father, he said, hey, when you all pray, I want you to say, our 
Father, who art in heaven, how it would be thy name. When Jesus told his disciples, it's about time I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to have to suffer and die, and then I'm going to rise again the third day. It, he says, but, but don't worry, because don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. What place is that? Jesus says, it's the Father's house. Because God wants to be with you. One of the greatest themes of the Bible is forgiveness, and we need it. But one author has said that perhaps the greatest theme of the Bible is not forgiveness. It is that God wants to be with us. Because the day is going to come when we are with Christ, completely transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit and sanctified Man, you're going to like me so much better in heaven, I'm just telling you. And in the meantime, I'm asking God to keep working on me. Because he wants to be with me. So how about today, God, will you, through your Holy Spirit, teach me. May the fruit of the Spirit flourish within me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man, I need you today, God. God, I need wisdom today because I don't know about everything. I don't know what to do always. But would you give me wisdom? That means I'm going to need you in real time at every moment. And, and, and would you give me enlightenment when I read the scripture because... Like, I don't know everything, and you know I don't know everything, and would you teach me what I need to know when I need to know it and help me to understand? And, and God, would you please, as I walk in the Spirit, help me to not satisfy the lusts of the flesh. Man, it torpedoes my goodness, my, my relationships. Would you, would you just let me walk in righteousness because I want to get it right? Oh, God, I, I want to be holy as you are holy, which is such an audacious request, but this is what the Holy Spirit of God can do. So I'm going to ask for it. So would you please make me holy? Would you, would you let me walk with you like Enoch walked with you? Because when, when you came, Matthew reminded us that your name is Emmanuel which means God with us. Would you bow your heads? I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but there is this thing. First John says that if as many as believed in Jesus, to them gave he the power to become the sons of the children of God. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he says in John chapter 3, you must be born again. You must be born into the family of God. There's this starting point where you, you hear that this God wants to be with you, and maybe even today you kind of sense he's here and he's speaking to you, 
And what, what you need to do is just respond by saying, yes, I want to be with you. You could actually receive him as your Lord and Savior. And Jesus said, if you believe in him, then you will have everlasting life. You will never perish. And more than that, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And you can begin a walk with God. You can live with him every day of your life and watch him unfold an incredible plan. It all begins with the prayer. Romans says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you're here. And right now, as you hear these words, you say, that's what I need. That's what I need. You need to receive the gift of salvation. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. 